Our readings today involve the meaning of Epiphany, which conceptually carries us to Ash Wednesday and the beginning of Lent. In the Greek, it means manifestation, in appearance, expression, sign. And today in our readings, particularly this Old Testament narrative, we see manifestation, showing, a sign, an expression. God is showing who God is through our readings. We hear it beautifully in our psalm appointed for today, and we see it in Jesus' interaction with Nathaniel in our gospel reading. God sees us, God knows us, and God invites us to participate with God in our daily lives and living. This is the epiphany in our Old Testament reading. To appreciate this epiphany, the showing of God in this narrative, it helps us to understand the timing and what was happening in Israel's governance and religion. Eli may be a name we have heard before. He is unique in Scripture. Not much is really said about him, but when it is, it's more of a focus on the people around him than on him. We understand from Scripture that Eli is a descendant of Aaron, a fourth-generation son. Remember Aaron and Moses, the beginning of the priestly lineage. In addition to being a priest, Eli uniquely is living at the end of the time of Judges, a time in history for Israel where self-management as a people was seeking traction. Eli was priest through lineage and a judge for governance for 40 years. A significant leader, no one else did both of those things. The name Samuel also helps us take in where we are in history. Samuel is a child here, but later as Samuel grows, he will be the prophet who anoints David as the first king. In the narrative, as God begins speaking with Samuel, there is a phrase that is attention-grabbing. God is about to do a new thing that is so gigantic that it will make both ears of anyone who hears it tingle. Epiphany indeed. What makes our ears tingle? Or maybe what makes our whole bodies have pins and needles? Perhaps it is when our hope or expectation clicks into high gear. Or maybe it is fear, the unknown, or the surprise of the unknown coming upon us. Either way, it is something that's new that we encounter that will have a profound effect or influence upon us. God was doing as God does, what no one expected. In this text with this aged priest and this child, God is announcing a huge change. The approach to the priesthood as lineage will end. We know as we look back that there is a shift of priestly lineage that takes place from Eli to Saul. And within that, there is movement of temple priesthood to the priesthood of Christ beginning to unfold. There is a lot to take in about both Eli and Samuel from this passage, and this helps us to perhaps encounter epiphany today. Samuel is a child in the Lord's house, serving the Lord, but does not yet know God. The word used for know in the Greek there is yada. And it means to know by experience. 
It is intellectual, but not merely intellectual. It is more. Samuel may understand religion. He is in the temple and serving God, but he does not yet know God. And we must always remind ourselves that that, that is what God offers to each of us. Yada, relationship. A simple and important takeaway from Samuel in this narrative is to listen and respond and hold fast to the truth. It is Samuel's character that is already set in motion that helps with this shift for Israel. We heard in the opening sentences that the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. When we consider the priesthood and its lineage and how it looked in that time, we begin to understand why the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Eli's sons are Hopni and Phineas. C. Grant writes that they are licentious in profaning their priestly office, which earned them the title men of worthlessness. <laughs> Unexpected laughter. Okay. Uh, even if God did speak to them, they could not hear. Their hearts and minds could not take it in. Eli was a good person and a strong leader, but some things were sideways professionally and personally. Not long after this word to Samuel, there was an invasion by the Philistines. The ark of God was captured, and Hopni and Phinehas were killed. When Eli heard the news, he fell backward in his chair, broke his neck, and died. The lineage of the priesthood was gone. Eli, though his sight was failing, both literally and figuratively, in this narrative is guiding Samuel spiritually in a way that is beautiful and necessary. In it, we see God's grace and Eli's ongoing participation in the things of God. Eli is not taken out of the equation, though things needed to change. And God is not saying anything to Samuel that Eli did not already know. Eli understood that as a leader, a priest and a judge, he was not fulfilling his responsibilities, and something needed to change drastically. Now, this is a tipping point that falls on Eli's shoulders to an extent, but it's a momentum of coping and bad leadership that has taken place since before Eli. Change needed to happen, but how was an unknown. It is God who steps in and makes everyone's ears tingle. The priesthood is going to change forever. Our path to epiphany for today comes to us through observation. We may be reminded from Eli that we all, as humans, are so limited, and we so easily can dig grooves through our choices that lead us in directions, gaining more momentum for more poor choices. This Christian life demands attentiveness, strength, and stamina. These do not come to us naturally. We must grow them. We also see from Eli that leadership adapts. A historic change had already happened through Eli by his occupying the office of priest and judge at the same time. Amid some things that were for him probably both personally and professionally hard, he was a catalytic leader. In contrast to Samuel, it sounds as if the breakdown perhaps was that Eli listened but did not respond 
and did not hold fast to truth over time. In the wide lens, we take in that we humans are messy. The gift and conundrum of our faith is that God's love, grace, and holiness are always coming toward us, and our behaviors are always happening. While this happens, we realize, we take in the simple reality that everything matters and nothing matters. I know that's a little startling. I'm going to say it again. Everything matters and nothing matters. We are always forgiven, but it does not mean that there will not be consequences from our choices and actions. Personal responsibility comes with the autonomy God has designed for us to walk in. The tingling of the ears, the pins and needles all over the skin at this news that Samuel heard from God probably stirred a whole lot of anticipation and a whole lot of fear. Everyone needed to bear it and walk through it, welcoming what they did not yet understand and trusting God. May we navigate our lives personally and professionally like Samuel. Yada, knowing God, listening, responding, holding fast the truth, and over time, growing and becoming more and more trustworthy.